Hello and welcome to episode number 151 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? I'm your host, Chris Tripodi, and with me, as always, is Tony Pauline. And with our Power 5 conference previews in the rearview mirror, as well as the MAC and the AAC, we'll look ahead to the Mountain West 2020 football season, or more accurately, it's 2021 football season. The conference originally announced that it would start no earlier than September 26th, but less than a week later in August, it postponed the season with the hopes of playing in the spring. But Tony, before we hit the Mountain West, Washington pass rusher Joe Tryon opted out of this season a couple days ago to prepare for the NFL draft. Now, he's a guy we discuss as having second-day upside if he improved this season, but obviously now for him, there is no this season. What are your thoughts on the move? I completely understand it from Tryon's point of view. I mean, what the heck is he going to do? Hang around till January and February and then play and take part in that season? It's not going to happen. And then if he doesn't play this season, he's got to wait, play in 2021. So from his point of view, I understand it. Now, I think it's going to kind of adversely affect him because he's a guy who flashed brilliance last year and showed incredible ability at times, yet he wasn't the complete player. And I think from a scouting point of view, you really wanted to see him pull it together in 2020 and become that one consistent dominant force off the edge and in space that we all thought he could be. I mean, Tryon, when we spoke last week, I mentioned how I graded him as a mid-fourth-round choice. When I spoke to scouts who grade underclassmen after he announced, they also have him as a fourth-rounder. I think he's got second-day potential. I think he's got top 45 potential. But the fact that there's going to be no season, I think is going to make it more difficult for him to really break into that top 45, even the, even the top 60, without any additional game film. From his point of view, you know, you, you, can't, uh, you can't disagree or can't blame him. You can't even question him from, from the point of view, considering that we have no idea when or if the Pac-12 is going to play the 2020 season. Yeah, it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't type of situation, because as you said, if he comes back for his junior season and plays in the spring, if there is a spring season, he's essentially committing to also playing his senior season. So for him, it's not, do I play this season? It's, do I play never again in college? Or do I play all two remaining seasons I have of eligibility left? And obviously he decided, I'm going to go to the NFL now um, and really enter the 2021 draft and, and skip those final two seasons. But it was one of those spots where there really was no in-between for him. He either had to choose two years or he had to choose no years. And obviously he chose none. And when you look at it from a, you know, a contract point of view, yeah, there is a step down in salary uh, from being a second round pick compared to being, you know, a late third or early, early fourth round pick. It's not a huge step down, but he'll get to that second contract faster than if he's a first round pick. So, I, I mean, I, I think you said it right. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. I, I mean, doesn't have a big body of work, showed flashes last year rather than consistent dominance. But he can't be sitting around, you know, waiting to play. And I'm sure, as we spoke about last week, you know, playing in the spring for a guy like Tryon, you know, it, it, it's, it's very risky. Because as we said, if he gets hurt during a spring season, a watered-down spring season, not only is he missing the late starting 2020 season, if the injury is severe enough, he's going to miss the entire 2021 season. Yeah, and in the end, it's, it's Tryon deciding that he wants to get paid two years sooner and get to that second contract, as you said. Speaking of getting paid, 
Here's a word from our sponsor. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes, which is good because otherwise I'd probably be there right now instead of recording this podcast. Well, you'd be there right now, uh, right now, soon betting on college football and the NFL. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Now, the Mountain West had 10 players selected in April's NFL draft. Three of those came from Boise State, including friend of the show Ezra Cleveland, who went to the Vikings in round two. Utah State quarterback Jordan Love went even earlier, 26th overall, to Green Bay. And Wyoming linebacker Logan Wilson was the first pick in round three to Cincinnati. A quick look at the conference for the 2021 draft shows that those 10 selections may be a stretch, especially without a fall season for players with UDFA grades to move up draft boards. We've already discussed and alluded to on this show how postponed seasons will affect players from the big conferences. But Tony, what's the major difference for a group of five conference not playing in the fall? Well, you know, when, when you get a, a major conference, the Big Ten, the SEC, even the Big 12, Pac-12, you know there's good competition every week. Uh, the Mountain West is fun to watch, but let's be honest. I mean, it's not the same level of competition. So Ezra Cleveland, while he's, he was dominant at points last year, I mean, he wasn't always playing against the top level of, of guys that he's going to face at the next level. He did early on against Florida State. But then when you're playing against the Nevadas or the San Jose States, it's a cakewalk, and you don't have that really in the SEC or the Big Ten. So I, I think it's a situation where uh, with the, when, you're a mountain, when you're a next-level prospect playing in the Mountain West, you got to take advantage of those big-time opportunities, as Ezra Cleveland did last year against Florida State. Those guys are not going to have those opportunities this year, unfortunately. Now we'll take a look at the first team in the conference, and that is the Air Force Falcons, just one player drafted. Since 1999, that was long snapper Austin Cutting at pick 250 in 2019. They're not going to see a second pick in three years, but they do have a couple senior linemen of note as potential UDFAs, offensive tackle Parker Ferguson and guard Nolan Laufenberg. Ferguson has some PFA grades from scouts. He's a college tackle who moves very well, and as a result, his future is likely inside at guard. Laufenberg, however, is the opposite a small area blocker with good strength and toughness. These guys assuredly will end up in different offensive schemes come time for camp in 2021. I think both of these guys, hopefully if there's a shrine game, these are the guys, uh, the guys from Air Force are usually invited. The military academy, the shrine always does a good job inviting guys from the military academy. So this is an area where these guys can shine, assuming you know, uh, guy, they don't play in the two, in the uh, delayed start of the 2020 season. You know, a lot of these Air Force guys, a lot of the military academy guys, uh, with their mindset, I could see both of them playing in the season. But but getting to their next level uh, potential, Parker Ferguson is a zone blocking type of lineman, offensive tackle, college tackles can be moved inside the guard, has some growth potential. And Laufenberg, like you said, is a small area, slug it out type of guy that'll punch somebody in the face, gets movement run blocking. I think both of these guys don't, I don't believe they're going to get drafted, but they have the opportunity to make an NFL roster as inexpensive utility offensive linemen. 
from a program that rarely makes an impact on the NFL draft to one that, especially in recent years, probably makes the most impact of any Mountain West program, and that's Boise State. Three draft picks in April, as I mentioned earlier. The most for the team since 2016. We mentioned Ezra Cleveland, but also Curtis Weaver and John Hightower were selected on day three. Weaver's actually already on a new team. He was scooped up by Cleveland after Miami waved him with a foot injury, trying to sneak him onto injured reserve. But after this success, the Broncos actually may fail to place a player in the 2021 draft. That would be the first time without a draft pick since 2009 for the program. A pair of senior cornerbacks top the board. Avery Williams is a three-year starter, checks in under 5'10", but stays with receivers out of route breaks and can make plays on the ball. Four career interceptions and 21 pass breakups to prove it. Jalen Walker, on the other hand, was a first-year starter in 2019. 53 tackles, one interception, and nine pass breakups. Taller than Williams, but not as athletic or as experienced. Tony, why the sudden down draft year for Boise State? Well, I think primarily because you had guys underclassmen like Ezra Cleveland and Curtis Weaver enter the draft. You usually don't have a lot of underclassmen from Boise State enter the draft. And you usually have players from the program uh, selected during the draft, which is not going to help, uh, happen next year. So I think that was the primary reason. Their top two prospects uh, uh, were underclassmen, entered the draft, kind of leaves the, uh, the barrel a little bit dry. Avery Williams is a terrific cover corner. He's a good athlete. He's fast and he's feisty, but as you said, he's small. He probably goes barely five foot eight. You're looking at dime back at the next level, special teams type of guy. I do like Jalen Walker. It would have been nice to see if he could take his game to, to another level this season and then maybe move into the late rounds. I don't think that's going to happen. One name to also remember from the program, tight end John Bates. Wide variety of Bates' uh, next-level potential, or I should say draft grade, uh, by NFL scouts. Some have him as a street-free agent, as I do. Some believe he could uh, slide. He's a six-round prospect. You know, he's got average size at 6'5 and a half, 250 pounds. He's not really fast. Just really does not stand out to me in, in any single way that would make him even a priority free agent, never mind a draftable prospect. Now, Colorado State had no players selected in April. Three of the last four selections from the program have been wide receivers, as well as 2019 UDFA Preston Williams, who made a big impact for the Dolphins last season. Following this trend, the Rams' highest-graded 2021 prospect, also a wideout, senior Warren Jackson, enjoyed a breakout 2019 campaign with 77 catches for 1,119 yards and eight touchdowns after working behind the aforementioned Preston Williams and Ola B.C. Johnson in 2018. Now, Jackson announced he was opting out to prep for the NFL draft two weeks ago. He's got great height, body control in the air to make tough grabs despite being thin. He's willing to mix it up over the middle and in contested situations. He's not fast and he's not quick though. So separation could be an issue at the next level and his frame as well could make him a bit more susceptible to NFL corners who are more physical than what he's seen in the Mountain West. But overall, Jackson, still a solid late round prospect. Junior tight end at Trey McBride is the third leading receiver on the team in 2019. 45 catches for 560 yards and four touchdowns, obviously going to take on a bigger role with Jackson opting out of the season. McBride carries a fifth-round grade from most scouts. He's a solid receiver with traditional tight end size. But, Tony, you're not as high on McBride as some of those scouts are. Why is that? 6'1", 245 pounds, runs and plays in the four rates. I just don't see it. Uh, I mean, he's not an explosive guy. He's solid, but he doesn't do enough to really – 
uh, deserve a draftable grade. It's not that you can say, you know, he's six, four and he's going to fill his frame out at six foot one. He's probably filled his frame out. Is he a tight end? Is he a fullback? What is he? I just don't know where he fits and he doesn't do anything that's so outstanding that really, uh, you know, would justify a draftable grade. Getting back to Warren Jackson, Jackson gave serious consideration to entering uh, the 2020 draft. In fact, I was told at one point he was leaning towards it, but he decided to go back to school. I'm sure he kind of regrets that, although it's no fault of his own. You know, like you said, he's a tall, thin guy, offers the quarterback an imposing target, long arms. He's got arms that are about 33 inches uh, plus, which is an advantage for a taller guy. Get up vertical and sky for those high passes. Uh, He does the little things well, but I do think he's got speed and quickness limitations. Estimated to run in the the low four or fives, though he doesn't play that fast. Uh, I think he could be a solid late round pick and maybe a number five receiver at the next level. I have him graded as a six rounder. I've heard scouts uh, grade him anywhere from late seventh to early fifth, depending on who you're talking to. So I kind of split the difference. He's someone that's really going to have to step it up in pre-draft workouts prior to the 2021 event, especially with no season. I do like their defensive tackle, uh, Devin Phillips, a shorter guy, barely six foot tall, but very explosive, tough to stop, built low to the ground, plays with leverage, gets a lot of push up the field. A guy who I think can be a three technique tackle, maybe even a zero technique, maybe even on the nose. There are some scouts who also like Stephen Jones, the defensive end, average size, 6'3", 275 pounds, flashes pass rush ability, uh, someone you're looking at as a priority free agent. Now, Fresno State had two players drafted this past year, including another friend of the show, linebacker Michael Walker, going in round four to Atlanta. Three draft picks overall the past two years after a three-year drought, and they should extend that current draft streak to three years thanks to senior linebacker Aaron Mosby. 78 tackles, five and a half for loss, one interception, three forced fumbles, and five pass breakups in 2019. Numbers that should improve if he does play in the spring. He may even be a better pure run and chase linebacker than Walker, but he's not as good rushing the passer or in coverage. Hasn't played quite as many positions as Walker, as we learned in our interview with him last year. Go back and check it out if you have any curiosity on that. Mosby comes with a sixth-round grade. Senior running back Ronnie Rivers, double-digit rushing touchdowns each of the past two seasons, 69 receptions as well. But he's very small, lacks blazing speed to make up for his lack of size. A guy who could catch on is kind of of end-of-the-roster type of depth, but it's really hard to be an effective third-down back, even when you have the ability he does as a receiver, if you lack the speed to turn those swing passes into big plays. Yeah, just poor measurables. A real good football player, a smart uh, football player, a guy that's got great instincts and excellent vision. Someone who can do a little bit of everything well. I don't think he's getting drafted. Can he make a roster to the next level? Absolutely. Someone as a situational runner, as a third down back, if he plays well on special teams, either on coverage units or at, at returning punts, he could be one of those utility guys that are very inexpensive. Just doesn't have the great athletic numbers or, or, or speed. Mosby's a guy I really like a lot. I grade him as a six-rounder. Scouts I've spoken to grade him as barely a priority free agent, and I can't understand why. Because he is a typical run-and-chase linebacker. He's outstanding in pursuit. He gets a lot of – he covers a lot of area on the field. 
great range, plays smart football too. I mean, not just a guy who runs around with a chick with no head. I mean, he can read the action. He remains disciplined with assignments, gets excellent depth on pass drops. We'll have to wait and see if he gets selected. I mean, I, I think it's a situation where you, know, you talk about Michael Walker. Michael Walker had a great junior year. They moved in the middle linebacker. Didn't have a great year, but he showed a lot of skill, showed a lot of versatility. Mosby's not going to get that chance. It's going to have to really work out well prior to the draft. Another player that some scouts like, I'm not as high on, uh, Lavelle Tatum, uh, the defensive tackle. Some scouts grade him as a uh, six-round choice. I think he's more of a free agent, more of a gap occupier on the inside. Shows some explosion, but really doesn't have a great upside. Moving on to Hawaii, one draft pick in 2020 for the Rainbow Warriors, quarterback Cole McDonald going in round seven. And one of McDonald's top pass catchers from last season and a North Texas transfer make up Hawaii's top two senior prospects for the 2021 draft. That transfer is wide receiver Rico Bussey, 68 catches for 1,017 yards and 12 scores in 2018, played three games in 2019 before he tore his ACL against Cal. Solid size and hands, decent speed, gets a mid-round grade from scouts, but I know Tony feels that's a little bit too high. The other target is Jared Smart, 87 catches for 1,129 yards and five touchdowns last season. The other top three receivers from Hawaii's 2019 roster all graduated, so there should be lots of looks coming Smart's way. In addition to Bussy, Smart's another guy who really doesn't stand out in any particular aspect from a physical standpoint. But Tony, do you feel there's much difference between these two receivers? I mean, I don't. I just don't understand the love for Bussy. He was solid in 2018. Obviously, as you mentioned, had the injury last year at North Texas, sat on the sidelines, decided to uh, transfer to Hawaii. That's a decision that unfortunately has not worked out for him. Average size, adequate speed. I, I just don't understand the love to give him a fourth-round pick. And he was graded as a fourth-round choice going into last season, his senior season at North Texas before he got injured, got the extra year of eligibility and, and transferred to Hawaii. So I just don't really understand the love for Bussy, which is why I grade him as a free agent. Uh, Smart's a little bit quicker. He's probably a little bit more creative when the ball is in his hands. He's got shorter arms, significantly shorter arms, which, which hampers him. He's more of a slot guy who could maybe double as a return specialist. You know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm also told with Bussy, he's not, he doesn't have the personality, or I should say he's got a personality that rubs some people the wrong way. I know a lot of people don't like to hear that, but that's what I was told last year. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he's not going to get to play for a second year. So now you're looking at a, a receiver who wasn't anything special early on and basically hasn't played football for almost two years as we move towards the 2021 draft. Now heading back to the inland states here for Nevada, no players selected in April, just two since 2013, both offensive linemen drafted in the second round in Joel Batonio and Austin Corbett. No offensive linemen in the pipeline though for the next few years, but there is an intriguing quarterback who has an outside chance to be the third Mountain West quarterback to go in round one since 2018. Now it's unlikely it happens next April for many reasons, but watch out for Carson Strong in 2022. Just a redshirt sophomore, completed 63% of his passes with 11 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. Began the season as a starter, benched after three games for Malik Henry, and Henry was subsequently benched after four starts to focus on his studies, was struggling a bit academically. Strong 
had a very good finish to the campaign. So there are likely no further benchings in his future over the final five games, eight touchdowns to just one interception, completion rate over 65%. Strong has a big arm, good size. He's also an accurate passer, really improved taking care of the football down the stretch, currently grades out as a day two prospect, but we all know how QBs can really rise up draft boards like no other position. And it'll be interesting to see if Strong can really take a step forward in the spring. One of his top receivers, Junior Romeo Dubes, 87 catches for 1,211 yards and six touchdowns over the past two seasons. Good quickness and separation skills. Currently owns a mid-round grade, but remains just a little behind senior teammate Elijah Cooks in terms of the target pecking order at Nevada. Although Cooks is likely the lesser NFL prospect due to lesser athleticism, which could make separating tough for him against NFL corners. But what Cooks does have is excellent size, 76 receptions, 926 yards, and eight scores last season. And with strong under center for a full campaign, both of these guys could enjoy super productive seasons if they take the field. Yeah, when that campaign begins, if it, it begins. And it's it's really sad for Strong because I was looking for some big things for him this season. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. But from a physical point of view, he's got it all. He's got the size. He's got the athleticism. You know, he's not just a big immobile quarterback. He easily gets outside the pocket to make the throw on the move. He's got a big-time arm and the ability to make all the NFL throws from the pocket or, uh, or rolling outside the pocket and throw on the move. Drives the ball downfield with speed. Uh, very impressed with the uh, speed and velocity of his lateral throws on the outs. Passes immediately get to the uh, intended receiver. He was a guy when I was doing my Mountain West film work, uh, prepping for the 2020 draft. And Nevada had you know a few prospects. He was someone who stood out to me. And when I rewatched the film work over the uh, the film over the summer. I mean, I, I thought my first impression was right on. Uh, he is a big-time prospect as far as I'm concerned. It's just a matter of him taking uh, the next stop, step and building on what he showed at the end of last uh, season, which forced uh, his other quarterback is no, is no longer with the program. Strong has got big-time ability. And, you know, maybe I'm going out on a limb saying that I think he could be the next Mountain West quarterback to be a first-round pick. I have him graded now, as you said, as a third-rounder. He, it's all upside with him, and it's all development. And I, I think it's, he's one of these guys that would really benefit from playing uh, in the spring of 2020 or, or 2021, playing at the late start of the uh, 2020 season uh, because he's a leader. He's an athlete. Uh, he's a big-time prospect. Dubs compared to Cooks, I think Dubs is more of your big play receiver. He comes, more, he comes away with more of the highlight reel type of, of, of receptions, uh, he also has a great amount of upside. There are some scouts that grade that believe Cooks can go in the late rounds of the draft. I, I think he's nice. The, the production is kind of inconsistent or spotty, if you will. But the big problem or the, my major concern with Cooks is, is size and speed. He goes about 6'3", 206 pounds, which is nice. But he runs – I'm sorry, he times in the 4.55s. He probably plays slower. He looks like he plays in the 4.6s, uh, which is going to be an issue. Uh, it all comes down to Carson Strong, as far as I'm concerned, with Nevada. Uh, he is a big-time prospect for the next level. Now heading to the back half of the conference here, starting with New Mexico. No players selected the past two drafts, just one in the past 10, and that was a kicker, Jason Sanders, in 2018. Likely not going to add another player to that drafted list, but senior offensive tackle Tefton Saltz is the Lobos' top prospect, currently grades as a free agent. 
and really needed a fall season to improve his game and become draftable. Plays tackle for New Mexico, but more of a guard for the next level, technically sound, and moves well both laterally and to the edge. But unless the NFL pushes back next April's draft, he's kind of caught in between, like so many guys we've discussed over the past few weeks. On defense, safety Patrick Peake is an explosive hard hitter, played in four games before taking a redshirt in 2019. Scouts grade him as a late rounder. Tony, you have him graded as a free agent, though. Why is that? Because of the size and the speed and the fact that he's more of a downhill between the tackles type of uh, – sure, downhill uh, between the tackles type of safety. He doesn't show great range. He is an explosive hitter, but he, goes, he only goes 5'9 and a half, 190 pounds. Short arms, which I think is a problem, especially if you want him to play over that slot receiver. I just don't think he's got great versatility. He's a bit one-dimensional. And even in that one dimension, he comes with size limitations. I do like Saltz, as you, as you mentioned, a, a good potential zone-blocking offensive lineman for the next level, but he's going to have to do it the hard way. He's going to have to make it up, up through uh, as a free agent, maybe even the practice squad, and consistently improve his game. Now, San Diego State had one player drafted in April, center Keith Ishmael, to Washington. The Aztecs have had a draft pick in nine of the past 10 years. And they should make that 10 out of 11, thanks to a pair of defensive backs, junior cornerback Darren Hall and senior safety Tariq Thompson. Five interceptions, 19 pass breakups over the last two seasons for Hall. Good size and athletic ability. Ball skills as seen in those numbers. Grades out right now as a sixth rounder, whereas Thompson would also be in that kind of in-between boat as a late-round senior, as a seventh-round grade on Tony's board right now. But he's been very productive since his freshman season. 11 career interceptions, not the athlete that Hall is, but he has put some impressive play on tape over the past three years if he were to decide not to play in the spring. Yeah, you know, it's funny because San Diego State seems to be the home of the one-time highly rated or going into the season highly rated defensive back or God defensive back that everyone's talking about that kind of seems to you know, drop like a rock uh, come draft day. Last year they had the kid, the the, the, the uh, cornerback that came out of nowhere. I think he had like six interceptions and 16 PBUs. Luke Barku. And there you go. Uh, exactly. Uh, they really did not look good during Shrine Game practices. Hall, I think, is an athletic cover man with next-level ability. Tariq Thompson is not an athletic guy, but he's a solid football player. I, I have I've had Thompson graded since he was a sophomore, but he really has not elevated his game or since his sophomore film, I haven't seen much elevation in his game. It, it seems to have leveled off. They have another kid, Dwayne Johnson, who's got excellent size. He's a dynamic hitter. He really goes after the ball carriers. He's smart, but again, not the, not the greatest athlete in the world runs in the four sixes. It's funny. The disparity between some scouts with these uh, two guys, the two seniors, Tariq Thompson and Dwayne Johnson. There are some scouts that have Tariq Thompson as a mid-fourth-round choice. There are other scouts that believe he's a priority free agent. I have him as a seventh-rounder. The spread is even wilder on Dwayne Johnson. There are some that have him as a early sixth-round pick. Others grade him as a street free agent. I am more of a guy who believes he's just a general free agent, just below a priority free agent. So those guys are all over the boards those two defensive backs and they really would have benefited from a 2020 campaign to kind of get everything, uh, get everything hashed out to get the, the pecking order hashed out. Also got to, uh, also got to mention Zachary Thomas, the offensive tackle. 
guy who I think is probably going to end up a guard, six four and a half, three hundred pounds, a tough slug it out guy. I grade him as a priority free agent. I know there are some scouts that think he could go in the middle part of round six. And moving from San Diego State to San Jose State, nobody drafted in April for the Spartans. They did have a four-year streak of draft picks from 2013 through 2016, but only two selections the past four years and really not much on the horizon for 2021. They do have a pair of senior wide receivers that come with UDFA grades, though. Trey Walker, 79 catches for 1,161 yards and two touchdowns in 2019. He's a smaller receiver who makes big plays. Very dangerous with the ball in his hands as well. Whereas Bailey Gaither, 52 receptions for 812 yards last year. Six touchdowns, though, compared to two for Walker. And Gaither really made a nice recovery from a ruptured Achilles that ended his 2018 campaign prematurely. Received a sixth year of eligibility as a result of that injury as well. Not quite as good after the catch as Walker, but he's got better size. He's more productive in the red zone. How do you view this duo, Tony, along with the rest of the San Jose State Spartans? Yeah, it, it, it's like oil and water, if you will. I mean, Gaither's more of your possession receiver, more of your reliable type of wideout, someone who can make the difficult catch in a crowd, but really doesn't have the deep speed. He's got short arms, which is a concern, but if you throw the ball in his direction, more times than not, He's going to come away with the pass. Walker's your big play guy. I mean, he's a guy who probably is going to time in the mid four fours, plays even faster. He's a vertical receiver. He can beat opponents in a foot race. He's also got some return ability to him. A smaller, thinner guy. He's going to have to really get out. You're going to have to put him in a situation where he's not in press coverage at the next level. Maybe play him in the slot. Maybe some drag routes across the middle of the field to keep defenders off him. But he's dangerous when the ball's in his hands. Also got to mention Jackson Snyder, their offensive lineman, has played both tackle and guard. Uh, guy who's not the greatest athlete in the world, but gets the most out of his ability, a priority free agent type of prospect. Now UNLV, like San Jose State, no players drafted in 2020. In fact, none the past decade after a four-year streak with a draft pick from 2007 to 2010. And that former streak should hit 11 in 2021. Senior guard Matthew Brayton is the Rebels' top draft prospect. He's got good size, but limited movement skills, only really effective in a small area, which will likely keep him from being drafted. Next up are a couple skill players for the Rebels. Senior running back Charles Williams, 212 carries for 1,257 yards and 11 touchdowns in 2019 in his first year as a feature back. But he's just too small for that role in the NFL. Also lacks speed and is a zero as a receiver. Junior wide receiver Randall Grimes, 44 catches for 696 yards and seven scores in his first year at UNLV after transferring from USC. Might have the most upside of any Rebel for the NFL. Tall, but not too lanky. He will need quarterback Kenyon Oblad to take a step forward under center the next two seasons to really catch the eye of the NFL, though. Yeah, I mean, and he needs more consistent production, which... Hopefully he'll get that opportunity uh, in 2021. He was a guy who flashed ability, yet there wasn't a lot of consistent production from him. It, it was very spotty. Williams does a, a few things well. Uh, uh, Matthew Brayton, the offensive lineman, decent size, six foot three, 312 pounds. Evidently he's got short arms. When I say short arms, 31 inches or smaller. You know, you asked me at the start, you know, what is it with a non-power five conference? And I say that, 
And I said that they're not playing against top competition week in, week out as they would with the SEC. That's what happens when, you know, when you're playing against a program like UNLV or San Jose State or New Mexico. I, I, I mean, a team that may make a bowl once every 10 years or may have a player drafted once every six years. So that is the issue is when you're playing against the UNLVs, San Jose States, the New Mexicos of the world, you know, people may not want to hear it. It's sometimes it's almost like playing a high school JV team for a squad or a program like Boise State. Now, Utah State put Jordan Love into round one in April, as we mentioned earlier in the show. The Aggies have had a draft selection eight of the past 10 years. 2021, though, could go either way. Junior offensive tackle Alfred Edwards, the only draftable prospect on the depth chart right now with a sixth-round grade, but he seems unlikely to be in the 2021 draft. Great size and strength, understands angles and positioning very well. Not a true left tackle, though, even though that's where he's played at Utah State. His movement skills are a bit suspect, so he's really more of a right tackle prospect and more of a prospect for the 2022 NFL draft. The top senior on the board is safety Troy Lafette Jr., junior college transfer, posted 104 tackles, six for loss, with two sacks and three forced fumbles in 2019. Doesn't really stand out from a size or speed perspective, but he can play. He's kind of another guy that's also caught in between another year of good tape and a good pre-draft workout were really key to his 2021 draft status, but it's going to be hard for him to accomplish both of those things now with the season being pushed to the spring. And this guy has got some versatility. He played some cornerback. He played some safety, not the greatest ball skills, but solid ball skills, you know, solid run defender, someone that you could use at the next level for if you keep nine defensive backs as your dime back special teams type player. So he's got those skills. He's shown those football abilities, even if he isn't the greatest athlete in the world, even if he's got short arms, which evidently are under 31 inches and small hands, a real tough, heady football player. And again, one of those guys who probably should return and play in the spring, because even though he's graded as undraftable now, not only by myself, but NFL scouts, if he plays, if they start the season in February or January, February, even March, and he has three or four really knockout games, he gets a pro day workout in. I mean, I don't think he gets drafted, but he's going to get signed. Alfred Edwards, the offensive lineman you spoke about earlier, he's someone who really disappointed me last year. I had him graded higher off the 2018 film than the 2019 film. He's big. He's strong. He flashes athleticism, but he's also stiff was only effective in a very small area last year, and at times was basically tripping over his feet. Now, the last team in the Mountain West is the Wyoming Cowboys. Two picks in 2020, nine total the past seven years. Their top draft-eligible prospect is a redshirt sophomore this year, and that's defensive end Solomon Bird. 45 tackles, nine and a half of those for loss, and six and a half sacks as a freshman in 2019. An explosive athlete, who needs to add strength and continue to produce. But if he does, and obviously he's still very young, so it's very possible, if not probable, that he will, he could eventually develop into a mid-round pick. The top senior on the depth chart is another defensive end, Garrett Crawl. 55 tackles in 2019, 18 for loss, and 11 and a half sacks in his three-year career. Similar size to Bird, but obviously a couple years older, so the growth potential isn't quite there. Does have a great motor, though, maximizes what he has, but really has to win off the snap to truly be effective and get pressure on the quarterback. 
I mean, incredible motor for crawl. He's a guy who plays intense from the snap of the ball through the whistle, always giving a lot of effort, gets the most from his ability, struggles getting off locks, which is a problem, may not get that much bigger. Whether he's a defensive end or whether he's an outside linebacker, he's going to be a pass, a pass rush specialist at the next level, a situational defender that comes in on third down and someone that's going to have to earn his chops on special teams. Uh, he's someone who I believe, you know, all things being equal, uh, that includes a, a 2020 season, would have been a, a priority free agent, would have been one of those guys that was scooped up right after the draft. Crawl, when you look at his, his intensity and the way he approaches the game, I could see him playing you know, the 2020 season, whenever it begins in January or February. Solomon Bird is just an explosive athlete, another guy who's a little bit small. I don't know whether he's going to be a defensive end or an outside linebacker in a 3-4. I have him right now great as a defensive end. I have him great as a six-round pick, but I can absolutely see him see him moving into the middle rounds, maybe even a second-day pick. You watch him, he's just explosive off the edge, the ability to bend off the corner, change direction, chases the action in backside pursuit. Just a great explosive athlete with a high upside who, as you said, is going to have to get a little bit bigger and stronger, and that should come as he physically matures. And that's it for the 151st episode of The Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe... If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter. We'd be happy to answer on the show. We'll be back next week with a look at Conference USA, which will be just about ready to begin its conference schedule the following weekend. But until then, for Tony Pauline, this is Chris Tripodi. Good night. <laughs>